Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burugun campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Well, it was great to commence the series last week with Nick, um, Open to the Spirit, and Nick encouraging us to be open to the Spirit of God and that we need to have a good balance between word and spirit. And when I, when I was at seminary, Peter Christofidi shared this. If you have too much word and not enough spirit, you dry up. I don't know if you heard this, right? On the other hand, if you have too much spirit and not enough word, you blow up, right? <laughs> but the right balance of word and spirit, we grow up. And my prayer is exactly that. As we engage in this series, that we will grow in our faith, that we will grow in our understanding and relationship with God, that we will grow more and more into the likeness of his son Jesus as we open ourselves to the spirit of God. So we continue this morning with the theme, Open to the God Who Speaks. Let me start with this question. Does God speak today? Well, some, yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, some of you will say, absolutely. I was wondering if Patricia could give us a, absolutely, yes. But some of you, some of you might hesitate to answer because when we say speak, we immediately think of audible speech, right? Oral communication. And that can put some of us uh, in an uneasy place uh, because most of us haven't heard God speak audibly, right? As he spoke to Abraham and Moses and Paul on his way to Damascus, we read about it, but we haven't experienced it. But what I want to do is encourage you today, all of us, all of us, me, myself included, um, what we are asking here is, when we say, does God speak today, what we're really asking is, does God communicate, does God reveal himself to us today? Yes. And I hope you say, yes, I agree, yes. And well, throughout scripture, we know that God communicated, revealed himself to humanity in many ways. And we can group them today in two terms. One called general revelation and the other special revelation. Now, general revelation refers to the general truth that can be known about God through creation, through the universe, the world that we live in, the sunrise, the sunset, the stars in the skies, as it is written in Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge, and it continues on. On the other hand, right, God communicates uh, through special revelation, which refers to the more specific truth that can be known about God in a supernatural way. Here's a list of some of the special revelation that we're aware of. Uh, by all means, it's not a comprehensive list. Um, that God speaks to us through Jesus, 
right? The living word that he speaks to us through scripture, the written word, and through prayer, whether individual or through the body of believers, whether prophetic or interceding, he speaks to us. He speaks to us in worship, individually or corporately, and he speaks to us through circumstances. And we we can be comfortable with this. But what about the following? God communicates directly, audibly, right? He communicates to us through dreams and visions, visitations, and even through a donkey, right? Numbers 22, even through a donkey. And I was thinking about maybe it was like donkey in Shrek or Mr. Ed, I don't know, you know? But if I ask some of you today, all right, some of you will say that God speaks to me through my devices, through technology, through social media, right? The list goes on through science, through people, through mass media. It goes on and on. And this is where we can find ourselves a bit uneasy, a bit skeptical. Uh, because I know that I too find myself in this situation when I have a special revelation of God and I pause and I have to ask myself, really? Really? Did God really say that? Or was it me? And we can ask this question through our personal experiences or uh, the sharing of other people. And I think it's not really about doubting myself or the means of the communication, the way in which God spoke to me or to that person, but rather it's the content. Did God really say? How do we know that it is God who has spoken those words by the way he did and not my own understanding or interpretation? I wonder if you sometimes find yourself in that place or have experienced it. Well, we open today with the question, does God speak today? Well, for me and the ministry leaders here at Mount Pleasant, we are absolutely certain that God speaks to us today. No doubt in our minds, no doubt that God speaks to us through general and special revelation. And if we're truly open to the Spirit, then the question we need to ask this morning is not does God speak today, but rather what is God saying to me? What is God saying to us? What is God saying to the world today? And more importantly, understanding why God would communicate with us. Because God is always saying something. Even in his silence, he is actually saying something. But it isn't easy to discern, is it? It isn't easy to discern. What we have heard or haven't heard is actually from God and not ourselves. Because if God was right here with us, as I am with you, and he spoke to you, it would be so much easier to be able to discern that was from God. But it is so much harder to discern whether what we have heard was from God when we cannot see him, when we do not see him. 
So to help us confidently discern what we have heard is from God, let's explore this question. Why God communicates with us? Because I'm pretty confident that when we are able to answer this question, I'm confident that we'll be able to better discern what God is saying to us and know that it is from him. So let's have a look at why God speaks to us by gleaning through 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 to 18, and looking at three points in God's goal in communicating with us. So let me read through this. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory that which lasts. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ it is taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Amen. Amen. I'm going to take a drink. Sorry. Um, let's uh, unpack this passage. This passage falls into two sections. The first, 7 to 11, where Paul brings what was written in Exodus chapter 34, verses 29 to 33, which tells of the glory that attended the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. A glory reflected in the shining face of Moses, which struck fear into the people, uh, into the hearts of Israelites. The second section, verses 12 to 18, is an ex exposition of Exodus 34, uh, verses 33 to 35, which tells how Moses veiled his face after communicating God's law to the Israelites so that they would no longer have to look up on its brightness. So in summary, we see that the old covenant, when we glean through the, what we have just re read, we see that the old covenant was a covenant of law, was written on the tablets of stone, which brought death and condemnation. However, Paul states that the old covenant was accompanied by the glory of God, but Comparing the lesser to the greater, he argues that the new covenant is accompanied by a far greater splendor. As we have read, the new covenant is a covenant of the Spirit, which is written on the tablets of human hearts, and it gives life, and it brings righteousness. 
Paul brings in the superiority of the new covenant on these three accounts. He compares them. That the ministry of the Spirit is more splendid than the ministry of death. That the ministry of righteousness is more splendid than that of condemnation. That the permanent ministry of the Spirit is more splendid than the ministry of the law, which is fading away. But the Israelites were hindered in seeing this superiority of the new covenant as a veil covered the glory of God. And this veil dulled the minds, hindering the individual in perceiving, in understanding, and truly seeing the glory of God. But God says through Paul that this veil can be taken away, removed for good in Christ and in Christ alone. And when we look at the old covenant, and we have to look at the old covenant, look at the old covenant in light of Jesus. Jesus' death, burial, the resurrection and ascension, and when we see how the old covenant has been fulfilled in Christ, it has not been done away with but it actually has been fulfilled. For Jesus said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law, but to fulfill, abolish the law and the prophets, I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill them. For the new covenant to be put in place, the requirements of the old covenant had to be fulfilled. And in this passage, we see that. The condemnation of sin was placed on Jesus, the Son of God, who was crucified, died the death that we deserve, and was brought back to life in the power of the same Spirit who raised God from death dwells in us now, writing the law on our hearts, clothing us in righteousness of Jesus himself that we may contemplate. Another translation is that we may reflect his glory. And I think this is the key in discerning the voice of God. The veil covering our hearts, hindering us from hearing, perceiving and understanding God is taken away only when we turn to Jesus. If we are open to the Spirit of God who speaks and if we want to hear from God and discern that it is from Him, we must listen to Him with great expectation, with anticipation in light of Christ Himself. With this understanding, let's tackle the question, why does God speak to us? Firstly, when God speaks, He wants us to comprehend the truth. He wants us to comprehend the truth about himself, the truth about who he is, what he is doing. He also wants us to comprehend the truth about ourselves, who we are, and who we are in him. And he also wants us to uh, comprehend the truth about others, 
those who are around us. He wants us to know in fullness of knowledge of his majesty, his holiness, his power, his love, his grace, his joy. He wants us to realize who we are in Christ and our importance in the scheme of his eternal plans. And he wants us to see others as his creation, in his image, and as his chosen instruments. And this can only happen when the veil is taken away. For the Israelites, the veil was the old covenant. But what is the veil in our lives? What do we need to take to Jesus to have that veil lifted, lifted for good, so that there is nothing in our lives that is hindering us from hearing the voice of God? God said in 1 Corinthians 2.9 through Paul, Eyes has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. So when we turn to Christ, God speaks to us to reveal his truth through his spirit that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. As Jesus said in John chapter, verse, chapter 14 to 16, the Holy Spirit will come and make what we know in our minds to be real in our hearts, a reality in our lives. So when God speaks to us through his spirit, he wants us to comprehend the truth and make it real to us in our lives. And this only happens because of what Christ has done. Secondly, God speaks to us so that we may conform to the truth. God wants to transform us. In Romans 8:29, Paul wrote the that the Lord has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his Son. How is God going to conform us to his image? Well, verse 18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In the Old Testament, the glory of God is depicted as fire. To Abraham, God's glory was a blazing torch. To Moses, a burning bush. To the people of Israel, a pillar of fire during Exodus. And on Mount Sinai, a fire and smoke. And to prophet Ezekiel, when the glory of God was upon him, he saw the glory of God as fire everywhere. And at the day of Pentecost, believe it or not, it's Pentecost Sunday today. At the day of Pentecost, the presence of God, the glory of God, the Spirit of God entered into every believer as the tongues of fire descended and rested upon them. And now all believers are a burning bush. You and I are a burning bush. Do you believe that? Yes. 
with the indwelling of the Spirit of God, we are our burning bush. And as we contemplate, as we reflect the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into His image, His likeness, shining, radiating His glory. Let's take a moment to let that sink in, that we are a burning bush for the world to see. For the Spirit of God dwells in us, working and transforming us into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. God speaks to conform us, to shape and mold us into His truth. And thirdly, God speaks to us so that we communicate the truth. God never gives us anything to keep for ourselves. We are to be good stewards of what God has given to us, and sharing the gospel truth is no exception. Verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We know that it is only in Jesus Christ we find true freedom from whatever is holding us captive. And we need to communicate this with those around us. Each of us communicates something every waking moment by what we say, what we do, or what we don't say and what we don't do. So as the Spirit dwells in us and as the burning bush, we need to communicate the gospel truth and bring light into darkness hope to despair, those who are in despair, peace where there is chaos in the precious name of Jesus. What was the result of the believers being filled with the Holy Spirit at the day of Pentecost? What was the result? Well, the people thought they were drunk, right? The people thought they were drunk. Why? Because of their joyful fearlessness And to those around them who didn't understand what was happening, it seemed like the believers were drunk because the world heard the believers declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. As they were filled with the Spirit without inhibition, without fear, with great boldness, with great joy, they proclaimed the wonders, the gospel truth of God because the fearless joy that the Spirit of God brought into them. As we have read, the Spirit, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Fear are gone. There is freedom. Freedom from what is holding us captive and the gospel truth is what truly frees humanity. And we need to communicate this truth to those around us as we reflect the glory of God, dwelling in us in fearless joy with great boldness. So as we reflect on these three goals of God speaking to us, I truly believe that he speaks to us so that we can comprehend the truth, that we can conform to the truth, And that we can communicate the truth, remembering that Jesus is at the center with the Spirit making us what we know in our heads a reality in our hearts. 
So when we are seeking to discern what we have heard is from God, it's helpful for us first and foremost to seek it if it is scriptural and to filter what we have heard through these three points. Now this morning, I had a bit of a God moment, right? God spoke. And I said, God, how am I going to land this plane this morning? So we're going off script now. So did God speak? I'll leave it up to you. We talked about God's spirit being manifested as a blazing torch, a pillar of fire, right? Fire and smoke and fire everywhere, right? A burning bush. And I just had a realisation, a revelation, and that's the way God speaks to us. Sometimes he's very intimate and he comes to us as a torch, helping us, guiding us. Sometimes it's a, a pillar of strength and he speaks to us in that. Sometimes he will rebuke us. He will teach us. He's the fearful God, the fire and smoke on Mount Sinai. He will speak to us like that. And I'll pray that he will. Because he will take us and transform us more and more into the likeness of his son. And at times, I truly believe at times, that he is fire everywhere. He will speak through the people, through you guys. He will speak to me. Remember that you are a torch, a burning bush. You are the pillar of fire. God's spirit dwells in you. And you as a collective, all of us as a collective, will speak into one another as God allows, as God wants, as God's instruments. I truly believe that. And what are we equal to do? Just imagine these little burning fires in our community scattered all over the place. As Ezekiel, the glory of God descended on him. He saw fire everywhere. He wants us to be scattered and he wants us to bring the gospel truth. I don't think God speaks in one way. He speaks in many ways and I think we need to be open to that, that he does that. A torch, a burning bush, a mountaintop moment, a pillar of fire. Doesn't matter where you're at, what you're going through, God will come to you as that fire. Let's pray. Oh Lord, Heavenly Father, we do struggle sometimes to discern whether things are from you or not. And I pray what has been proclaimed this morning in your name, that you will use that, Lord. Come to us as the fire that you have manifested throughout Scripture. In our hearts, Lord, dwell in our hearts. And may that fire kindle something in us every day as we come with great expectation and anticipation that you will speak to us because you do. 
Help us to be open to the Spirit who will speak to us in amazing ways. So Lord, bless us throughout this week as we go that you will continue to speak to us. Help us to meditate on what we have heard and what we have shared. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.